1: Podcast. My name is Freddie Baggard. I'm joined by uh, a couple of Brown, coming back Andy Furry is on his way to somewhere. Andy, good to have you back. Kentucky goes to the swamp and beats Florida. Uh, we are we, gonna break this game down. Uh, I mean it's it, it some people call it an upset. Some uh, I thought I saw PFF called it stunning in my opinion a better program with a better team with the better players won the football game simple as that but we are brought to you i have to uh, talk about our partners at port, port royal plants it's a kentucky proud product is grown processed and manufactured right here in kentucky because your body deserves quality products i use some of their uh, uh, natural tick and mosquito and bug spray at a game i was at on friday uh for the Kroger ksr hometown classic Shawnee beat Jackson County 40 to nothing. And it was, it was awesome. It kept, it kept the bugs away from me. Uh, so thank you. We asked you to visit uh, Port Royal. Nick Rouse, you you were there. Uh, my, my overview of the game was that you know, better put better players, better teams in the football game.
0: Yeah, speaking of quality products, uh, that's what Kentucky put on the football field. Uh, I. I i love so much the fire that this team had uh the they they heard roman harper call them soft and they weren't taking any of that at all they, they just weren't having it uh they were coming out to put the heat on the gators it was one of the best defensive performances i've seen uh it, it's it's i'd put 2018 at missouri right up there uh but in, this one's just just behind it a close second uh, to suffocate Anthony Richardson, only four rushing yards for the scrambling quarterback. It was it was remarkable. Uh, Pitched a shutout in the second half, only ninety-one total yards of offense. They stopped him twice on fourth down in Florida territory. An outstanding defensive effort. it created turnovers, and you could feel the impact of Jordan Wright on the football field. Freddie, they got they got some playmakers on that defense. Yeah, I mean. I-
1: I thought that was going to be a key getting Jordan back. And it was one of my keys to the game, Andy, as far as containment. You have to keep Anthony Richardson in the pocket. Uh, you know, I'm known for the dude that, that said Josh Allen would be the best player in that class many years ago. But year one, I, I said, I called Brad White a genius. and thought he was a superstar. People made fun of me for that, but I've, I've stuck with that. Andy, Man, I mean, that defense, <laughs> four four rush yards for Anthony Richardson. I didn't think any team in America could do that. I thought the plan was great. Uh, the, the the execution was nearly perfect uh, with, with the rush lane, gap integrity. Didn't get in a hurry getting after Richardson. Kind of just set the pocket, set the edge. Those DBs played their their tails off. Linebackers, I meant square, right, right. Uh, I mean Weaver, Jones. I mean, it just that was a defensive uh, gem. That that Nick, I agree with you. Only thing I've seen close to that in Kentucky recently was the second half against Missouri, not allowing a first down.
2: Well, I, I think the biggest thing that you can see um, in Stoops' defense is now. Last year they struggled a little bit, but our team speed. Um, they showed a highlight in the second half where. Jordan Wright was spying Richardson, and he was a better athlete than Richardson. And that's pretty amazing for a defensive end to to be that gifted and that big and ran him down on that third and long and ran him out of bounds. But he was the better athlete on the play. And that's you, you can see it all over the defense, the defensive backfield. You know, uh, Valentine had some huge breakups, and those are those are the plays that we just used to get so frustrated as fans, because everybody ran that little slant on us, and and would get 15 yards every time they ran it, or they throw the ball to the flat, and you know, to the backs, and uh, you know, we'd get hit for 15 yards before anybody was even making contact, and and that's the biggest difference. But it's all over the field, and and it's multiple. Um, names people try to play straight up it's just it's even it's an even matchup all across the board and that was a hostile environment and our kids didn't crack um so many times we've been down there and you just you're hoping for the best and and in the back of your mind you know what you're going to get in the end and going into that game yesterday i I told anybody that asked me we were two touchdowns better and um and it showed. I mean, we gave them a couple of points and gave them a couple of better situations. But, man, we were, we've were we been the better team in that matchup for six years uh, physically. And, you know, I've, I've always gauged our progress against Florida because, you know, Florida's always been one of those marquee teams in our league. But our talent matches Florida and has been better than Florida in the last six ballgames we've played. Yeah.
0: You and mentioned that physicality, Andy. Yeah. And – man, Kentucky was in Anthony Richardson's ass all night long. Like You're you're dropping these soft comments on Kentucky, and what do they do? Jacquez Jones drops him on that first drive, right? They run the QB draw, and he just stands him up, puts him on his back, and Kentucky hit him early and often. They got in his head. When Wright picked off that pass, Richardson was scared to throw it on a rollout the rest of the night. They were all over him like white on rice, and Frankly, they rattled him. They, they they shook him up, and he was ineffective the entire night because he wasn't used to getting hit. He was used to having his jersey clean and playing like God's gift to football, and Kentucky wasn't going to give him anything easy.
1: Well, I mean, I keep going back to Brad White's plan here, guys. I really do. Ammar uh, Stewart, that defensive line last week, I, I really felt got got out of the rush lanes, wasn't sound. And I, and I was worried if that happens against Richardson, It could get ugly. That defensive line, that group that rotates defensive line, I thought played very, very well. I know the linebackers and the DBs get the credit, but that defensive line, in my opinion, Ox with four tackles, De'Elm Walker, two tackles, a tackle for loss. I met uh, uh, Trayvon Ripka, I think, did a really good job pressure Josiah Hayes on and on. That defensive line, I thought, played really well. And was the difference in the game because when you when Kentucky was that sound up front, Brad White had that plan. Okay, we're going to keep Richardson in the pocket. We're going to make you be one dimensional, Florida. You're going to have to beat us through the air. Uh, Kentucky executed that great. Uh, Full Metal Jacket, one of my favorite uh, uh, military movies. The drill instructors tells the one Marine that you're born again hard. The Big Blue Wall and the second half was born again hard. Uh, came out. And listen that is a typical that is a that is a prototypical Mark Stoops offensive line right I mean everybody was bashing that group against Miami the first half I mean it was we're not going to win a game now because this offensive line Jeremy Flax gets tossed into the backfield and we're we're all in panic mode and then they come out after halftime there's something magical about that locker room at, at the, in the swamp if you remember that that iconic picture when John Slarman received the game ball in 2018. That was what was going through my mind after I saw what the, the the big blue wall, that offensive line, came in and controlled the line of scrimmage. Took the game to Florida in the second half, 97 rush yards, uh, and Cavassier and smoked four, year, four carries of 10 yards plus. Uh, again, Cavassier smoked, first game, panic mode. This guy can't get it done. You know, this guy, this guy. Comes out, doesn't listen to anything. A true Mark Stoops team goes to work and gets the job done. I thought for Kentucky to win, Will Levis was going to have to throw for 912 yards. I did not expect, nor did I project, Kentucky being able to run the football as effectively as it did in the second half. I thought that was a gut check. Uh, I thought that was a, a prototypical... In your face, we're going to be tougher than you. We're going to be more physical than you, and we're going to control the clock. And that was a Mark Stoops win, if there ever was a Mark Stoops win. But, but Andy, Andy, that that the special teams. How mad were you about uh, all that? I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it, it was like everything was going okay, and then you had the special teams blunders, and that uh, that nearly, I could have cost Kentucky the game. Well, I think I think in the
2: past that that does cost us the game, but yeah. you know the character and the uh, the culture that he's built, they they don't let one one play define them. And you know that's the beauty of it. I mean, I think in the second half, you could see our our line of scrimmage was in better shape, uh, deeper. Um, they were gassed. They were playing young kids uh, late in the game that didn't play last week much. And that was a sign that we we have arrived as a program and our depth and talent has, has arrived and we're better than those guys. Um, the play of the night to me was, I think it was midway through the fourth quarter and the Walker kid just blew up the center and destroyed yeah. the back in the backfield. And the announcers on the game couldn't believe that that just happened. And they're like, oh my gosh, he's a freshman. And, you know, it's like, it's like our offensive line, you know, Last week being the first game of the season, camp, there's no comparison to camp and the first game because of the speed. And those guys got a little overwhelmed with the speed starting, but, but we've recruited so much better in all areas. Now they've kind of settled in and they came out in the second half of that game plan and ran it down their throat. And now those guys are just built with confidence and full of confidence. And, and the sky's the limit at this point. We can. See. Play was as bad as it's been in the in the ten years that Stoops has been here, and it didn't it didn't kill us, and it, it would have killed us five years ago. It would have just absolutely killed us. We would not have recovered from some of those plays.
1: Nick, talking about some of the young guys, Dane Key averaged twenty seven yards a catch, had a fifty five yard touchdown reception. Will Levis casually threw that football what sixty five yards in the air and effort effortlessly. Uh, Jordan Lovett. I've mean, not heard a lot of people talk about him. I, I was impressed with Jordan coming in with J- uh, Jalen Geiger's unfortunate injury. We pray for him. Hope he's, uh, he's going to be okay. But, but Jordan Lovey comes in with seven tackles. I mean, that, that speaks to the depth that Andy was talking to, talking about. And then, you know, even the inside linebackers, you look out, you got the ones with Square and Jones. And then you look out, you got Trevon Wallace and Garrett Jackson. I mean, it, it's, this, this Kentucky defense is deep. And, and talented and, and I thought it was by far the better unit of the two defenses. was the last situation at the game when at what point did you that I
0: was going Oh I uh, the Dane Key touchdown briefly after the game, it's like you know, they dialed that up while the offensive line was in the middle of its struggles, right? And for Will Levis to not only still stick his head in there, you know, that's what Rich Cangarello, he said the difference, what, what, what makes guys difference makers is their ability to keep taking shots, right? And to stay in the pocket and then to follow the ball in the air while they're on the ground. And that's what Will did. He was taking shots to the chin. Kentucky still dialed up. That was probably that was probably the first time all night where he had more than four seconds to throw, and he delivered in that one opportunity. Dane Key made a great play to go up and high point that football, and it, with great coverage, this guy wrapped all around him. So I, I was, if you're Zach Ginzler, if you're Rich Gangrel, you got to be really proud of the way your group responded because. Freddie, the thing is, is, everybody was crapping all over the offensive line early. Yeah. There were some mistakes on them, but Will put his hand up too. The player he got his head busted. He's that like, "That was on me." He's like, yeah. I, "I, I had that guy free. I've got to get rid of the ball like that. Yeah. That's on me." You know, there was some running back errors where there's holes. Guys are missing holes, or yeah. or a pass pro, they're not sticking their head in there. It was a collective. Um, Trying to get that right, and, and that's something they're going to do over the next two weeks is try to be more consistent and figure that out. But man, for them to respond and recover and then to get downhill and really salt and milk the milk that came away I mean, that, that was a heck of a way that that's toughness right there. That's toughness, yeah. Roman Harper.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know, listen, I, I when Mark Stoops speaks, I listen when he said, Don't panic about the offensive line. On Monday, then I had to force myself not to, and it it worked itself out. I thought uh, the second half, you know, that, that offensive line really really got it together, and like and you beat Florida, you're two and zero. Oh, you got two non conference opponents coming up. You can get a lot of things right. Uh, I thought the move from Horsey's move from guard to tackle was really good. I mean, that worked out really well. Communication was better. Uh, at, at, on the offensive line. Second half, they all played. The collective played better. But to your point, Nick, when, when Levis said that's on me, Andy, you know, as well as I do, you can't block the fourth defender away from the strength of the uh, offense, and that's the quarterbacks. And what you do is you see the quarterbacks pointing and all that. That's side adjustment, saying, okay, he's my guy. If four weeks comes, that's on me. If I don't get rid of the football, I, I get I get cleated and uh, that happened. That wasn't on Jeremy Flax. That was on Will Levis. And there's a lot of inside things like that that we could get really deep in the weeds with. But just as an operation, <clears throat> Andy, I thought the offense. I thought the offense was efficient. It didn't, you know, you, you can't look at the box score or, or the line here and, and get the true tell of the game because of the bad snap. That took away a lot of yards, right? So the total yards is going to be down. But I thought. Uh, The offense overall was somewhat efficient in a tough environment. And and you can't underestimate this was the first time out on the road in the SEC for a bunch of players. And I thought they handled that situation well.
2: Well, I think, too, that somebody was asking me about that last
1: night after uh, our center football game.
2: And I said, look, we're, we're getting kids to come here now that, you know, we used to Play Tennessee and Georgia and Alabama and all those teams, and they'd say, "Man, that kid was a freshman." You know, that kid dominated the football game. He's a freshman or a sophomore, and now we're getting kids to come here that can live in that moment. You know, uh, and and they're four stars and five stars, and that's why they're four stars and five stars. Um, and the and the other thing is, you know, these the, the staff is coaching like a uh, is coaching like an NFL staff, and you know, they, they don't panic. They, they adjust. I mean, our adjustments last night were beautiful. That second half was a work of art. Yeah. They, I mean, to come out there and say, we're going to stuff it down your throat. And, and people that don't watch a lot of football or understand football, and it's, it's your average football fan. They don't know that if you can't run the ball, they can tee off on you all night long. Well, once we started running the ball that isolated that defense and they had to sit there and play key defense, you know, they had to read their keys, and try to play with us. And, you know, they were teeing off on us in the first half, but it's just, again, it goes back to our depth, our talent and the coaching, the two new coaches that we added this year on the offensive line and the coordinator with NFL experience. I mean, you think the NFL knows how to coach and and make adjustments. And it's just, it's so enjoyable to watch that Florida defense was absolutely tapped and then, and they were playing against an inexperienced offensive line that was very talented that just needs to play games, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I never thought we'd be sitting here ten years ago, when Stoops was hired, and saying, "Wow, we just we just got to make adjustments and we'll kill Florida." I mean, that's yeah, that's such a good feeling.
1: Yeah, speaking of adjustments, Andy, you see, you should see my new belt, bro. KLW <laughs> handmade belts. It's got my name on it. I love it. It's a Kentucky company uh real leather i mean it is sweet uh, you would be very proud of me for my belt and uh you can go to uh klw handmade belts online and uh you can put in the word depth chart and get a 10 percent uh and you can get a little a little break on their belts but you can see them there i mean they're super products tim and those folks are awesome give them a call at 859 509 or go to kl wbelts.com they're awesome uh i wore mine uh, yesterday and it's becoming a game day tradition so check them out at kl klwbelts.com
0: uh, andy i'm looking ready my belt's two and oh hey, yeah yeah and and i'm now um i'm, I'm apologizing to all our listeners out there for the shoddy service i'm Trying to get, get back from Gainesville. It's a long ride home. But uh, 2-0, right? Back-to-back wins for Nick Roush in the swamp. Uh, my dad got to go down and experience it. It really does feel like a bucket list item to beat these idiot Florida fans in their own stadium. I mean, they're the dumbest. Oh, gosh. The, them and Tennessee fans, they should get along together because they don't know anything. They've grown up on privilege. Hearing them like respond to some of those calls... Uh, trying to act like Dane didn't catch that on replay. Just a bunch of morons. It was hilarious. They were so salty after the game. Oh, They were wanting to fight everybody. It was great. I loved every single second of it. I mean, just drink up that loss, you losers.
1: (laughs) I'm going to give you guys three numbers, and I want you to tell me which one was the most impactful for Kentucky to win. You guys ready? Andy, you're first. Kentucky held Florida to 25% on third down. Kentucky's time of possession was 33:24 24 compared to 26-36 for Florida, or the Kentucky defense held Florida to 4.1 yards per pass attempt. Which one of those three were the most important for you in last night's win?
2: Uh, not, no doubt about it. I think it was third down. Um, just to keep that defense fresh and get them off the field and, and get that offense back on the field in the second half. I don't know what time of possession was in the second half, but it, it was the football game. And I didn't realize the third downs, uh, we got off the field as much as we did until after the game. I mean, Jeff Picoro said it on the broadcast. But that is in that heat, in, in those conditions, in that arena, that, that was huge to get that defense off the field.
0: Well, and that was the uh, one of the weaknesses for Florida, right? They're 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 thin on that defensive line in that linebacker room. In Kentucky, they, the fatigue was setting in in that second half. As Kentucky was leaning on him. I think it is the yards per attempt stat, though, Freddie, because Kentucky dared Anthony Richardson to beat him with his arm, right? God's gift to Cam, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, Vince Young, reincarnate best quarterbacks and sliced bread, and he couldn't make throws. He he could not. Kentucky forced him to make throws in the pocket. He had a couple explosives early on, but really, I mean, in that first half, it was just—I'd I, I, like to see what his stats were if you took away those explosive plays. Yeah, um, they, they had about—they had four or five of uh, 15 yards or more, uh, but outside of that, they were really inefficient. And it's because of the pressure Kentucky put on Richardson, but also the play at secondary. You know, they—they they got crapped on a lot last year. Uh, But Carrington Valentine, he rose the occasion. Keedron Smith, huge transfer portal pickup. Like, that guy's lived up to the billing and everything in the first two weeks. And then Ty Ty Asian, you know, he he was making good plays over the field. You already talked about Lovett's play. And it's just a real shame that Jalen Geiger went out because he was – I thought he was having one of the best games of his career when he got hurt.
1: Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, you know, prayers for, for Jalen. I love that family and, and, you know, for his quick and speedy recovery. Uh, excellent football player. For me, I mean, all those three numbers, I think the most important for me was third down. I mean, 25% uh, holding Anthony Richardson in that Florida offense to, to 25% on third down. That's ball game. I mean, and then, and then the, the fourth down stops. Uh, on top of that, but, but third down, 25%, that's, that's really, really good. Uh, and then the second half time of possession, that Kentucky started being Kentucky again, uh, being physical, being tough. Possessing, well, what, uh, holding, what was even Keeping Florida off the field.
2: What was the number? Because um, first and second down were pretty big, too, because they were – I mean, it seemed like the whole second half, Florida was third and six-plus. Um, right. You know? That's stupid. So, you know, football is a game of uh, moving the chains, right? And getting people behind the chains. And that's, you always hear when we don't play well or if, if, if we lose a ball game, you hear the coaches refer to being behind the chains. Florida was behind the chains all night. And the Richardson kid just didn't have the moxie. And it, you know, it drives me crazy. All these announcers, they get a big athletic quarterback and they all want to start drawing comparisons to some of the greatest that ever played after one football game. Um, That kid's not that good of a quarterback. And, you know, we have an exceptional defense, in my opinion. I think this defense is going to be the reason we win the games we're going to win this year because they are exceptional. But, you know, these guys, they got to quit drinking the Kool-Aid every time a kid shows up 6'4", 230 pounds and thinks he's the next Cam Newton. And, you know, what about Will Levis? He's 6'4", 230. You know, nobody draws any comparisons to Cam Newton with him. You know, and it's me crazy. And it's
1: also – it's a respect thing. You know, you – Yeah, I did hear some Troy Aikman comparisons, which was interesting. Okay, we're going to go back around. Who is – who was your most valuable player of the game and why? And also, uh, who was the most underrated? Who, who did not get enough credit in the game and why? Nick Roush, your first. Your MVP –
0: and you're underrated? Well, it, it was Jordan Reich. He said that's the game. They were, you remember what happened in 2020. I know that scoreboard wasn't a good indication of how close the game was, but they gave a punt return right before half, stole all the momentum. And Florida, they, it looked like they were stealing all that momentum again. They, they got the interception, Will Levis set up a short field and an easy score. Then you have the UK safety off the missed snap. Florida had all the momentum. And Jordan Wright stole it with his left hand. One hand, that's all he needed. Squeezed the ball, got down inside the five yard line to set up a Kentucky touchdown that cut the deficit to three. And that was the first of 19 unanswered. Ford never scored again. He, he, having a havoc playmaker, he made all the difference in the world. And, and I think it overshadowed the play of Jacquez Jones because uh, he was so steady right there in the, in the middle of the defense, and same thing with J.J. Weaver. You know, J.J. Weaver didn't make the strip sacks. He did not make uh, the interceptions, you know. But he had nine tackles, and he bottled up Anthony Richardson. Those edges and those linebackers were incredible Saturday night.
2: Well, in a game like that, when you don't hear a kid's name, that typically means they're playing pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that played really, really well. But I think my hat's off to Cavassier, Smoke. That kid, you know, he's in his fifth year. He could have given up on it a long time ago. He could have jumped in the transfer portal, and the kid stuck it out and waited for his moment. And the kid won the football game in the second half. Offensive line played great, but he made some exceptional cuts and, and found some cracks, you know, uh, that, that a lot of backs might not have found his quickness. But, you know, he probably ran for 75 in the second half or 80, and that was the difference. I mean, you know, there's nothing worse than having the ball run down your throat when you're playing in a, in a game like that, and that's where we just took their will, uh, running the ball. The offensive line was awesome, but Cavassier smoked. Uh, you know, he he's gonna he's gonna be a huge factor for us. He'll be like the Kemp kid was back when he used to run the. Uh, you know, they put him at quarterback and just and, and run the option. is gonna be that kind of kid for us this year. He is gonna make plays year in and all day uh just because it's set in with him and it's in his heart now i don't know that it was when he you know would get hurt and the different things that went on with him but now the kid's a fifth year senior and it freddie you know what it's like being your last year i mean it, yeah. you, you, play with it, you play with a different level of emotion and he's going to be that guy for us this year
1: yeah, you all took uh, two, two of the ones I was going to take. I'm going to go with Will Levis, the, the obvious pick here for my MVP. He only completed 54% of his passes for 202 yards, a touchdown, uh, an interception, and a 55-yard touchdown pass to Dane Key that he just flick of the wrist. Uh, I think he is the difference maker. Florida had to respect him in the play-action game. The run game got going. He is my, he's, he's my MVP because you all took – Uh, The other ones, you know, it surprised me that I thought that he was going to have to be like his name was going to have to jump up to the top of the Heisman list if Kentucky wins. I was wrong about that. I did not foresee this run game in the second half, which brings me to my most. I'm in a bad spot. You're breaking up. Okay, my my uh, uh, my most underrated player was Eli Cox at center. Uh, in that second half because I think, I think he directed that offensive line. I think he did a lot uh, to get those guys, those, those offensive linemen in the right call, in the right situation, and then you run for 97 yards in the second half. I'm going to go with Eli Cox because he had a rough first game, thought he played much better week two, and uh, that center position in the Scangarello offense has a lot of responsibilities. And uh, I thought Eli, Nick, for me, Eli was my most underrated player.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but it is a testament to those guys to be able to weather that storm um, and to to really just to bounce back, you know, and to the point with Kavassi's smoke, I mean, I I, I thought – I was one of those guys who thought he would just give it up, hang it up, you know, but he didn't. He persevered. Uh, He pushed through. And he had some demoralizing runs. I mean, that yes. that Florida defense—they were demoralized by the big blue wall, by smoke in the running game in the second half because they couldn't—they couldn't stop them. It was, uh, oh, it was—it it was a beautiful thing to watch because going into this game, you knew that that's where—that's how you end up beating them, right? You wear them down, and you're worried without Chris Rodriguez, what that was going to be like. Well, big picture. Kentucky is going to be able to weather this storm without Chris Rodriguez just fine, thanks to Smoke stepping up. That was huge by that senior, and he's not going to be all up. uh, He's going to sprinkle it in the record book a little here and there, but you should remember him for how he played in this game for helping Kentucky get over the hump without an all-time great Chris Rodriguez available in the lineup.
1: You know what else you can remember, Nick Rouse? Eckridge. Eckridge is proud to present the one million challenge for teachers. This 2022 college football season, Eckridge in partnership with extra yard for teachers and Kroger will invite a local teacher, a true hero onto the field at the South Carolina versus Kentucky game on October the 8th. These lucky teachers randomly selected from a list of nominations will have a chance to throw a football uh, through a target to win up to $1 million in donations to local uh, fun local classroom projects nominate a teacher for a chance to throw head to Eckridge.com and you'll find the link under the football tab make sure you nominate by September 28th Eckridge thank you for the partnership we love you uh, and, and get those teachers in there all right guys we're at we're at the, we're at the uh, towards the end of the podcast here let's zoom back out let's let, let's get an airplane and fly up about 35,000 feet. What was the win over Florida? What does that do for the big picture of the 2022 Wildcats? Nick Rash, what's your take? Well,
0: the the thing is, if you look at this season, when you're diagnosing things ahead of time, right, you needed to, you had three tough road games. You got Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida. You got a little wiggle room now. Um, that wasn't a must win, but. The margin of error is a little bit greater now that you were able to secure this win. And in the statement that you've said before, Freddie, that they said too, if you want to, you want to do big things at the end of season, you got to win games like that. Kentucky took care of business on the road, gave Mark Stoops his 61st victory, more than any other Kentucky football head coach, uh, a tip of the cap in historic fashion for the Wildcats.
1: Andy. You know, I, I think
2: uh, you you look at it, and this this victory last night takes a lot of pressure off. Because I I said going in that we had to go two and one on the road with those three games to be able to play Georgia at the end of the year for the East. Now, the pressure's off going into Ole Miss. That's not a must win, and I think you'll get a loose, good football team playing, I don't think they'll be, you know, if, if they don't win this game last night, I think that old Miss game becomes a real problem. Uh, now, I think, you know, they've proven to themselves, no matter what, that new offensive line, whatever you want to call the team, a bunch of new players in different positions, we've we've shown ourselves that we can play in this league, and these kids, the, the pressure will be off going into that on Miss game. Now, I don't want to have a let-up in the next two weeks, because uh, we're playing... One of the teams has got to, change, could beat us. I mean, that's, there's no doubt that that was proven yesterday all over the country. Uh, MAC teams and, and FCS teams won a lot of big games. So we can't get over our skis, but I think this loosens uh, the tie, if you want to call it around the neck, uh, for Stoops and the staff and the players to be able to go into Old Mess in three weeks and play a little different, a little different edge. Um, but, but I think big picture, you know, we have Youngstown State, and I think this staff and this team, we we now have a program that plays one week at a time. And, you know, we used to, every time we beat somebody in the past, we'd start talking about three weeks down the road and somebody sneak up on us. And I don't think you're going to have that problem with this team or this staff. Um, it, it's just, it's such a joy to watch. Uh, you know, it, people forget. You know, everybody was worried about this offensive line. We went into the Citrus Bowl last year with how many starters out? Nine, eight, something like that, and beat the number two team in the Big Ten. And nobody wants to talk about it. But we did that with our second string. And last night, you know, you just don't, you don't see any fall off if somebody goes out. And if our second round of troops come in, they're just as good as our first. And, you know, if we stay healthy, it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, my saying was, I mean, if you want Florida or Georgia to matter in November, you got to beat Florida in September. Kentucky did just that, beat Florida. Now you get a couple games to regroup, get that offensive line where you want it to be. And, uh, you know, I thought it was very fitting for Mark Stoops to become the program's all-time winningest coach with a victory at the Swamp, which was an impossible task when he took the job 10 years ago. And now he's Kentucky's what three out of five against Florida, uh, two out of one, two in the swamp. And that was unheard of when he got there. And I just think that was poetic justice for him to get that done and get it done in a place where uh, what Kentucky didn't beat Florida for 31 years. And to get that win, uh, I think that's beautiful. It also separates Kentucky from the pack a little bit. Uh, now I think uh, in the East, it's Georgia, Kentucky slash Tennessee, Tennessee slash Kentucky. So uh, it was one game out of 12, and it was the game of the year, and Kentucky's going to have about three or four more games of the year. But the SEC is starting to separate itself. Missouri is not, is not playing very well. Vanderbilt, I mean, how bad is was Hawaii, you know? So things are becoming more clear, and I think in the age of the portal, it is so hard – to project teams, especially week one, week two, because programs can change overnight. And sometimes the in, the influx of, of portal players helps. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I think for Kentucky, uh, the, the Cats strategically hit on uh, in the portal. But last night for me, the big picture was Kentucky's got a pretty daggone good football team. I mean, Kentucky is a legitimate Top ten, top fifteen football team, and, and and I don't I think that's hard for the outside world to grasp, but I also think it's hard for the Big Blue Nation to grasp that Kentucky is at this level of a football team that we can expect the Cats to go to Florida and win. Several people across the nation were were logo fooled yesterday because of the Gator on one helmet and the UK on the other. The logo. Uh, the logo uh, uh, confusion was there. And Kentucky, in my opinion, was a, a much better team. And Kentucky is much better than Utah, who Florida played last week. So, this, to me, this wasn't an upset. I know it wasn't Vegas. But the better program with the better team, with the better players, with the better coaches, won the game. And that's where we are right now. Gentlemen, final, final, final take. Get us
0: out of here, Nick. You know, Freddie, the offense is still figuring stuff out, and yeah. they went down there and won by ten. They left points on the board in the top twenty-five road game. This defense is going to take them places, like you said. That's a daggone good football team. When you, they, they played good complementary football, but it wasn't. The offense is still figuring some stuff out, you know. And once that happens, they really get to clicking. Woo! Watch out! Watch out! Mark Suits has got a good football team on his hands and
2: you know i think you've always
0: uh i think one thing about stoops teams is they
2: they play their best football late in the year and, you know, and that's like, again the development they've done their conditioning program is evidently as good as anybody's um but you know they'll they'll learn a lot from this game last night they'll improve week to week you know they they've had some down weeks you know, in the past, they've, they've had some games they shouldn't have lost, that kind of thing. And that's attributed to a lot of depth issues, injuries, things like that. But I think you'll see, like I said, you know, if you look back at the Citrus Bowl, I mean, we won the Citrus Bowl against the number two team in the Big Ten with eight or nine starters and And that's just proof that, you know, the rebuild job he's done is, you know, there, there's no comparison. There's not a comparison to any rebuild job in the country because this program had – you know, 16,000 games a year before Stoops took the job. And we were at the lowest point we've been in, in decades. And he has us now walking into the swamp and not playing a clean football game and winning by 10. So, you know, you're just going to see a lot of good things from this team. It, it, his Their confidence, and I don't know how he does it and how he's done the culture thing, but it's, it's just a day-by-day consistency that he has that is, um, you know, there's no super highs and super lows. They just go to work every single day, and he's methodical in his approach, and the job he has done is, uh, you tell me one that's better. There,
1: I don't know one. Uh, not in the Southeastern Conference especially. For me, I'm going I'm to combine what you both said. Nick, I agree, man. The, the, the offense uh, has some work to do. I thought we saw strides in the second half. I really, I, I thought that, there was some serious improvement. You know, the biggest improvement of the year is normally week one to week two. For Kentucky, the biggest improvement of the year so far is six quarters compared to two quarters. So the, the second half, I guess, for a different offense, different approach to how Kentucky wants to go after or attack a, a defense. Will Levis is going to be Will Davis. Get that run game going. I think Rich Cangarello will get the offense right. But that defense, man, Brad White is a superstar. He's gonna be a head coach, and that defense is deep. I mean I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm and I'm trying not to get overly excited, but I don't know if I can remember such a deep defense, especially in the front seven, that you can rotate what 10-15 guys in there, 20 maybe, and you're not gonna get a drop off. That that is that is incredible to me. And that is a sign of a true SEC good football program is when you can rotate that front seven, stay fresh, and get after the opponent. Well, guys, thank you for, for joining me, Andy and, and Nick. You all travel safely. Uh, we hope you like the podcast and uh, hope you like the new post-game format. And uh, we sure do appreciate you, and we appreciate Port Royal, ALW Belts, and Eckridge. So, so thank you all very much, and have a great day.